Good morning, wonderful listeners. You've tuned into Post Session Podcast, a podcast filled with the stoke of a surf session and the wise guidance of an ocean voyager. Your water-loving hosts are ready to share this infectious state of mind while encouraging and inspiring you for your next adventure. Yeah, well, welcome, Post Session Podcast family, friends, supporters, and those wonderful people who leave reviews. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. We just want to say, hey, we are stoked today. And Ashley is getting ready to introduce a friend of hers who we have a special guest on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. My friend Ryan. Well, you're like an old buddy. Oh, We go back. I was trying to remember how Ren and I even crossed paths because... I mean, I knew your dad through UNCW teaching scuba, but then somehow through diving, I was working for aquatic safaris and we Throw came back. across Well, you, you and I met because you were, you were selling the only free diving gear in town at the time. <laughs> and that's a story I love to tell because you called me and said, hey, I want to get, I believe it was girlfriend at the time. I want to get my girlfriend Ashley into diving. Do you have any fins that <laughs> might fit her? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we can we can work that out. And it was like two years later, oh, uh-huh. setting world records. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, exactly. Back to Ryan. We I call him the original kind of Wilmingtonian waterman. You're like the original waterman in the town, OG. man. You brought freediving here. You brought Omer at the, through, you know, some of the gear What's and stuff. What's Omer? It's, it's like gear. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a brand. It, I actually uh, had a company called Cape Fear Waterman when I was selling that gear. Back oh when, gosh, I vaguely when. remember Cape Fear Waterman. Yeah, it was scuba instruction, uh, sh- captain services, gear sales. All it the was, water stuff. It was like an idealistic attempt at entrepreneurialism. And uh, I gave it a good go. Well, I <laughs> well, want to look at your prodigies. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, credit, uh, we credit Ryan. I credit him with introducing freediving to you, especially. I was along for the ride. You but, were along for the good sex. No. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> so weird. Oh, She's wait. speaking to Ashley. Why did she say that? That's so weird. She I'm going so to cut that out. She is right? so weird. <laughs> so oh, we should, my gosh. Okay. We, so back know, to Ren, Ryan's freaking introduction. <laughs> Ren was but, quite a catch, I'll say. Welcome, uh, he's Ryan. He's a man of many means. <laughs> welcome to the show. Uh, wait until you get the sex, Ryan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to go down that rabbit hole. Dirt, dirt path. We Guys, might as well I can't keep... even get the intro mm. out here. All right, so, but we've got to introduce, we, we have somebody else on the podcast too today. Well, he's not supposed to be talking that much. He's supposed <laughs> to be editing, and now I'm, I'm having to interject Molly. here. Uh, <laughs> Your why don't you finish partner. the intro? Why don't you finish the intro, Ren? Go ahead, finish the intro. <laughs> You're oh, the, now there's nothing to say, huh? Well, now you've got nothing to say. Ren and I have been on quite a few adventures together in the woods and on the water, including uh, one interesting trip to Bimini where someone we had just met took us on a stunt flight in a tiny airplane and what? did not win any favors and then stiffed us our expenses. And uh, Who was it? But we had a good time. I don't remember <laughs> that. I remember you guys going there. Yeah. Did y'all do stunt flying? Like, would y'all spin up and down and around and around? And- he was someone looking for attention uh, from the world, which well, was why he brought us yeah. along, I think, to film his family's adventure. And mm. some people like the camera pointed at him. And and they, he sent you with the expenses. With mm-hmm. Well, it's not like the surf, freediving, boating culture for people to crave attention. I mean, that's just sure. unheard of in those well, cultures. That's funny, you know. Because we're going to talk about a lot of things, but I basically made my career shining the spotlight at myself. And uh, now as a parent, I have shined that spotlight in a different direction. And That's something I want to talk about, though, because we have some similarities in, mm-hmm. in that regard, but we'll get there. It Also, I, I want to back up when you called yourself entrepreneurial, because Ryan's done a lot of other things, too. You're all, we always have, you have your finger, you know, in the pot. You're always stirring it. You, you brought the mustaches for kids to town, which is, no. which is a We've annual month long charity drive where 
Uh, it's not exclusive to men, but generally it's <laughs> men <laughs> grow, shave their face, grow a mustache for a month, collect pledges. And we've raised, uh, we're probably getting close to a million over the 20 years we've been doing it for yeah, local chapters like JDRF, Make-A-Wish, mm -hmm. uh, smaller things that are local. But uh, that's a fun thing, sure. And uh, I've worked in the movie business a little bit, uh, which helped me kind of transition my diving into um, camera work. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say filmmaking because that sounds fancy. I'm uh, I'm inspired by some people that I worked with in Hawaii that called themselves cameramen extraordinaires. Ooh. And uh, mm, extraordinaire. Self-taught. Quite Just whipping together tourist Sorry. films. But it was uh, it was inspiring because back then no one was doing things on YouTube and these day-to-day -day series and all this. And uh, there was a lot of untrodden ground back when we were all getting into free diving and Ren carried a camera and, you know, we've been on adventures all over the world now because we kind of went that path where there wasn't a path yet. But we really never capitalized, did we guys? <laughs> well, well you we capitalized on experience. Oh, well, yeah, that is true. That's right. Yeah. We Good have point. an and entire coral reef of memories. Right? That's true. That's true. Well, well, drink to that. And maybe many uh, cameraman extraordinaire weren't necessarily profiting largely off of their camera work, but they were creative and ingenuitive and creating gear that would work in certain scenarios. And most of the time they're behind the camera. Most people don't know the cinematographer's name off yeah. of a movie. Mm -hmm. cares they know the that. director, the, yeah. the actress or actor. So um, it's an unsung hero. Unsung heroes. Yeah. You know, you're a hero. <laughs> let's, um, let's go ahead and get into our post-session notes, though. What do you say? It's about time. I'm telling <laughs> hey, Okay. That slow roll intro is your fault. Mine? Uh. Well, yeah, you said the S word, it threw everybody off. You you start the post-session notes because... Okay, I'll do post-session notes. Did you go surfing today? What'd you do? I didn't go surfing today, but I did go surfing on Saturday, which was my first time back in the chilly Atlantic Ocean. And uh, it was pretty fun ways out there. You know, you've got to, as soon as you get back from somewhere tropical, you really need to get in the cold water as soon as possible. <laughs> Otherwise, you just might not get in until summer. Uh, yeah, and I so see that. luckily I had a friend that invited me to go out and uh, pretty fun. Didn't catch a ton of waves. Caught one did some gymnastic type maneuvers on it and whatever, <laughs> had fun. <laughs> but I ended up getting a ticket. Oh, there's that like Riceville Beach again. <laughs> I had tried Thanks, to Riceville put Beach. my credit card in the machine like multiple times and it uh, didn't take it. And I thought, it's raining, it's cold. You know, those guys might be sleeping in. And uh, they weren't. So I did try and like appeal it because I had tried to get out of it. And uh, they didn't budge. They don't like that. They hey, do you not happen? have pay by phone? You know what? I have, I have, I might have it on my phone. I honestly so have done it once or twice in my life. And so honestly, I didn't even think about that. And I was kind of in a hurry because she was already out there. And well, was, sometimes that didn't work either. I had the pinwheel of death. I paid by phone uh, and then the yeah. pinwheel of death. And, <laughs> and I had a class meeting me at the blockade runner. So I left my phone in the car and said, it'll reconcile. This is after I tried it a couple of times. It didn't reconcile and they wouldn't hear the appeal. Oh my gosh. So yeah. it really kind of put a little fire in me. And, no. and, and I want y'all to remind me of this maybe two years from now. When I, I, I think there needs to be a documentary about uh, the beaches and the parking, like really trying to reach down to folks that are not able to go to the beach now because it is so expensive and the whole history of, you know, at one time having a cap on the parking limits and now how Carolina Beach, Wrightsville Beach and Topsail Beach have all gone the right mm -hmm. route of and will eventually be the full time year round. You're paying for parking at an extremely high rate that's bound to keep people from going. And so later when I try and act like it was just for them, that I did the documentary. I want you to remind me that I was just pissed off because I couldn't get out of my parking ticket. But that was enough. That was enough. But it's also not, well, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. Oh, we've been Because we've been this, been this one. one. You're right, you're right, right, right. But it's not just the price. It's the entire headache 
of having no options. Yeah. Yeah. I hardly go because it's like, I'm not driving down there. You can forget it. Not doing it. Not doing it. Well, you've got the river right out your backyard. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we swim in that river. Oh, I love it. The banks of the Cape Fear. This is uh, such a great place to record. You guys have uh, have a dream little spread here. Just wait till we're in the river house. Yeah. Ooh, the river house. It's going to be called the Lido Lodge. <laughs> no. Lido Lodge? Like yeah. the Lido Deck? Yeah, the Lido Lodge. Are we in... On the, on the love boat. <laughs> you know where yeah. you are. You're in the castle. We're in the love boat. All right. Your procession. Okay. No. Brian. Yeah. Brian. So have you been in the water lately? Diving, surfing, foiling? Haven't dove yeah. in a few years. That's uh, my gears collecting dust. But um, I am oh. I am about Come a on. year and a half, almost two years into my foil journey, as mm -hmm. I call it. Mm -hmm. And uh it is it is the most difficult activity on earth. Really? It is. Because Instagram makes it look easy. Yeah, those guys are good. <laughs> and you don't That's even need to wait. That's what like in my head. Uh, you do. You got to get into it somehow. And my small crew and I, uh, we usually ride up at the inlets. And, you know, you have to have a wave. You have to paddle into it. It has to be deep enough to have the foil underneath you. Mm -hmm. um, and then you got to balance on the thing. And then you got to have the cardio of a sprinter to pump back out and catch the next one. And, uh, and it's all really expensive. I would say there's a lot of equipment. It requires a lot of time. All things that, you know, full-time dad doesn't have is time and money, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but somehow I am, I am uh, journeying down the path and, uh, I have recently introduced the um, wing, the wind wing into the equation, which took me back down to a very frustrating place. And uh, <laughs> I'm working my way back up out of that hole. Well, what about the equipment? You got to have the foil board, mm -hmm. which would be the initial expense. But after that, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, then there. there's some that are mechanismed, you know, they... It's well, yeah, the e-foils, but yeah. that's that's oh kind of like uh, e cheating motocross versus mountain biking. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. not lame, just different. <laughs> or like scuba versus free diving. Yeah, both are great activities. Yeah, but some have their preferences. Both are great. I wasn't given a preference; I had to stop scuba. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Uh, but the foil is—it's a lot of carbon fiber, basically. Uh -huh. And uh, the more you spend, the better the equipment, as with most things. And it's, uh, it is moments of pure bliss when it is so quiet and you're just standing there riding the ocean and it is like- Way out there. Nothing else. But everything around it is very loud noise trying to, <laughs> yeah. trying to get to yeah. that moment of Zen, but isn't that- you know, the same with so many things in life is it just takes those small moments to make all the rest of it worth it. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I went out Sunday um, and I usually go to figure eight because mm -hmm. I'm very lucky. My family's had property there since I was a little kid and uh, my wife's family does also. And it turns out that their properties are next door to each other. What? And I actually married the girl next door. <laughs> <laughs> we discovered that on our second oh, date. That's <laughs> funny. And, uh, yeah, it was funny, but it's nice. It's a long drive, you know, it's yeah. 25 minutes but to get so to the beach, but you've got so many options. I was up at the North end of the beach when the tide was wrong for everywhere else. And I found this island of sand where it was breaking and it was fun. It was good. An hour of foiling and you're done. You're good. <laughs> Why is it more fun than surfing? It's not more fun. Uh, it's different. Yeah. I wouldn't say more fun, but I'm someone who always needs like fresh stimulus. That's why mm -hmm. I've done so many things in my life. I have a hard time with routines and I don't think I've had a job for more than two or three years in my life, but I've had a lot of different cool and awesome jobs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but foiling unlocks a lot of potential, especially where there are smaller waves and Less potentially consistent. big areas of sand, like Waikiki is a great place for it, where you can chip into a wave that might stop breaking and you can continue to ride the energy because you're just using physics basically. And it, uh, you know, in the summertime when you know, you can ride a longboard all day long, but then you're paddling back out. And this just adds a whole nother element of interaction mm -hmm. to it. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's I neat. was watching a lot of foilers in Puerto Rico up near Shaq's Beach. And I mean, they would just ride and then they'd ride back out. So mm -hmm. they're like never... 
Oh, you just get a lot more uptime. Yeah. You're up right. so all time. Once you've gotten onto the foil, once you've got the skills, you can pump, which is unweighting the board to allow the wing to lift and then weighting it again and riding that forward momentum down. And you get to where you're, you're like steering. on a skateboard where you're doing perpetual motion pumping. You're okay. generating your, your own, own speed and energy to get back out to where the wave's not broken. And then you do a cool like bank re-engagement turn and uh, <laughs> Huh. And fall, or, <laughs> or like some like my friends Kelly and Jamie, uh, or you look like a some Pro. sort of guru on mm -hmm. it, and just you know. So That's I guess cool. my biggest concern about the foiling is that big fin, the mm -hmm. foil itself. So I mean, do you ever collide into that, or is that? Yes. Okay. Uh, injuries so. are common. Uh, when mm. we were first learning, we wore helmets and life jackets. And okay. mm -hmm. y'all probably know Jason mm -hmm. Andre when he mm -hmm. was learning uh, with us. He caught himself in the inner thigh and didn't go back to it for a few months because mm. uh, you get those deep like bone bruises. But you learn how mm. to avoid it. It's just like anything else. Um, you just kind of learn the movements and the muscle memory. And before you know it, you're never... I mean, I still walk through, you know, a beach access and bang the tips of the foil on the, mm -hmm. on the fence or on the trees. <laughs> Amateur. Oh, yeah, this thing is so, so wide you forget, but, uh, yeah, you get, you get acclimated to all the different things and. Well, it's gaining some serious momentum around here. Yeah. It's like the sup when it first came oh, out. Oh yeah. Everybody it supping. exploded. How about you, Ash? What's your post-session note? <laughs> Skip it, skip it. Yeah. Uh, we might have to skip it. Yeah, I've been doing absolutely nothing except running, basically. That's it. And right, doing my bike, biking. Okay. That's it. That Ashley's a running fool. <laughs> well, that's what Somebody's I got time for. Her. Uh, now, especially now, Cape's home during the day. So, yeah. I pop out, do my thing, come back. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm in it. I'm in the trenches. So anyway, hmm. let's... Uh, Don't worry. I haven't done any water stuff either. No, better not. I, I'm working on the water, but not not work, not playing on the water. Hmm. You do work on the water, though. He's taking out these sweet boats and cruising around, doing sunset cruises and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I sure I'll, wish I got an invite once in a while. I'll say this about You got to pay for that. I rarely <laughs> see Ren surfing. But when I do, it's always the swell of the year mm -hmm. with like mm -hmm. our core group of friends. Mm -hmm. And he's out there just smiling ear to ear, catching the set waves. And it's just like, if you see Ren surfing, it's a good day. Yeah, He's yeah. not a surf rat. You're right. He goes on yeah. the good days. He, he goes when... shows up and blows up like it's nothing mm -hmm. and then takes a year off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I miss some good days that I hear about. And everybody's like, oh, we missed that one. That was the best day ever. It's like, well, it was like 40 degree with a wind chill of probably 30 degrees. And we're I soft. Didn't, I didn't miss we're that soft. much. <laughs> Laurel's hard. We're soft these days. But do you remember the days when we would dive in like freezing cold water all year round? Um, what, uh, what's Scraping next? Scraping ice off the boat. Oh my gosh. Injustice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's go to the injustice, which you had too. Oh, I, I was one. just trying to get a, a feeling for, uh, kind of what, what scale, uh, something funny. And the you got character anything funny? Of it. Well, um, you know, part of, part of who I am today is being a parent and, um, every parent takes different approaches to things. And, um, when I take my kids to school, well, my older son, Atlas, um, I see the strangest things from other parents <laughs> trying to get their kids to school, running red lights and cutting people off oh, and speeding and doing all these things. Like going when there isn't room to get into the school line, so they're stopped blocking yeah. Gordon Road. And I yeah. see their kid's face up against the back window, like, please don't T-bone me. <laughs> but... Right. It's like, why risk your kid's life getting them to school? What's like, remember, you're doing this for them. <laughs> so I would say uh, be in a rush in other parts of your life, but treasure that drive to school with your kids, even if it's silent or obnoxious or a cool conversation. It's uh, it's a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. A good reminder. yeah. Take that time. It's probably going to be the, some of the best time of your day. 
Yes, actually, right. our neighbor uh, Ashley, she is off every other Friday and Monday, and I've told her I'll take the kids to school. You know, I have no problems with. She goes, no, this is my time. Mm-hmm. She relishes the opportunity just to drive them to school, have a little chit chat, or listen to music, whatever. Just be in the get same. Get rid of them. Space. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember just like that. Yep. When and that's we were, okay. Um, foster parenting, just how how much more the kids will say in the back seat. I'm driving and Oh, it's like the psychiatrist chair. I, I don't know. It's something about, you know, when you're face to face, sometimes there's the reluctancy, whereas mm-hmm. speaking to the back of my head or even to the side, because we're both facing out and, you know. Mm-hmm. There just seemed to be a lot of um, openness to the conversation. So I was always thankful to get some of that. It's probably the body language, too. You know, they know that your attention isn't 100% on them, so it takes the pressure off right away. Eye contact can be hard for for young ones and for grown-ups, too. Adults, there are people that I will... intentionally break eye contact with mm-hmm. just because there's Give some people that it makes it it makes it awkward you feel or, like you're giving more than you're receiving yeah from the situation or and maybe you have to dis- disengage to reset mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. yeah yeah you have to do that and kids have good gut instincts you know mm-hmm. there yeah. might be you know there might be something on their mind that's keeping them from you know, being able to share face to face, but oh, that's yeah. a great observation that you turn yeah. their back to them and peep in the mirror and say, tell me about that. Mm-hmm. And then just let them go. They don't feel drilled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't drill. <laughs> yeah. They don't feel drilled. Well, like, this is a great, tell me about school. this is a great segue to dive deeper. Cause I know in yeah. the notes, Ashley, you know, we just met, but I know that she's told me that you have taken a backseat to, uh, the entrepreneurial or business uh, world, and you're investing in your kids. And so you're, what prompted the stay-at-home dad? You you just gave me uh, chills uh, for two two times in that one. Quit touching them under the table. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it is an investment. It's absolutely an investment. And I feel strongly it's the biggest investment we can make in our life. You, money's going to come and go. Uh, you know, opportunities are going to come Your and go. Your kids are going to come and go. But you made these little critters <laughs> and you're stuck with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And are you going to entrust everything to some someone else? Or are you going to put some time and energy into those most important first three years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then the second part, when you said stay at home, dad, that gave me chills the other way because I prefer full time dad. Heebie jeebies. Gave yeah. him the heebie jeebies. Stay at home, dad versus full time. Full time. Stay dad. at home, dad conjures images of uh, yoga pants <laughs> and that's and Ugg boots. There's, That's probably the same sensation maybe a mom gets. There's when plenty you say, of yoga and mom. laundry going on <laughs> yeah, at home, yeah, but yeah. there's a lot of outside the house stuff that goes on too. Okay, yeah. so that's mainly what the <laughs> the rub is: is that you want right. to make sure any listener or other people would get that stay at home dad doesn't mean y'all are staying in four walls and not doing anything, but yeah. you are a full-time dad. So are you, you a full-time educator? Are you a full-time outdoor, ed- you know, recreation, whatever, or you know, I'm a full-time dad. That's what I give all of my time and energy to. And I tried to maintain different opportunities and it just, my ADD when, when mm-hmm. I was doing so, all right, to back and up. And husband, right? Well, yes, yes. That's, uh, <laughs> fortunately that seems to flow pretty naturally for us. I've got a great partner and yeah. Meredith and I are, um, you know, parenthood puts stress on any relationship, but it's important that you just acknowledge that, you know, mm-hmm. and observe it and say, wow, this is hard, but you know, keep your eyes on the prize. We're going to be old and gray and rocking chairs saying, look what we've done. We just yeah. blame it on the kids. We're like, Hey, remember we were solid. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> See what you're doing to us? <laughs> well, joking. Y- so y'all does- know, um, Stephen Ranella, the podcaster for meat eater. I do. He, uh, he was discussing why he stopped drinking and he said, yeah, it was just my kids were starting to get older and they were expecting more from me earlier in the morning every day. And I was moving slow. And then one day I said, it's not their fault. They didn't ask to be born. Mm-hmm. We made them. We mm-hmm. brought them here. So 
maybe I need to make sure I've got enough energy to keep up with them. And I said, wow, that's that's a cool thought. I got a question. Does full-time dad include, you know, when we think of a full-time mom, we also think of domestic duties around the house. So is that something that you're also doing as far as like laundry and housekeeping vacuuming absolutely meal prep meal prep. i know because what how many know. times a day do these things eat oh, all of the day yeah <laughs> i cook i clean mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i you name it i do it my wife's capable but she has lots of other things that she does and um it works out great it really does and she contributes absolutely i can't do it's no, two it's two boys it is yeah. uh mm-hmm. A lot of laundry, a lot of food, a lot of mess. I mean, I was vacuuming right before I left here. And my uh, younger son, Sterling, he's obsessed with marbles. And so our house is just like filled with ball bearings. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I take like a push broom and just kind of like push yeah. him off into a corner and uh, use his little poppet deals to like get them all off the floor. Um, but yeah, that. so it's... if. The, the duties that you would picture the old school mentality of a stay-at-home mom doing mm-hmm. besides ironing. Um, when we Nobody iron, does when that we iron, anymore, it's though. doing those little like art yeah. project deals or whatever. Throw but a wet washcloth in the dryer with whatever needs Yeah, go. that's iron. There you go. <laughs> I've recently started sewing by hand, actually. I can hem and patch and do all kinds of stuff. And uh, oh, see, I passed that's that kind off. of the renaissance where I am. You know, I started playing soccer. I... Um, and, and here's why I'll circle all the way back around. Um, when my wife and I decided it was time to start a family, Mm -hmm. um, I was traveling half the year. I was Mm -hmm. living the dream. I had built this niche for myself where I was getting paid to go spearfishing and surfing and snowboarding all over the world with a camera in my hands. And it was a dream come true. And I'd pretty much achieved most of my goals without Mm -hmm. even realizing it. And then, um, we said, Hey, let's slow down and start this family, the Zika virus was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my travels were in tropical places. And I said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to hang up the passport for a little bit just to rule that out. And so I started editing more full time and I was sitting on my computer 12, 15 hours a day That's tough. because I mean, y'all know you, you don't editing video editing. Isn't something you just sit down and do for 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Click, and click, then, click. Yeah. You've got to immerse. Um, but I also wanted to be as healthy as I could be. So um, I cleaned up my lifestyle. I'd been a, a dipper since high school and I stopped nicotine. Oh, I you were a dipper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah seven That's years rough. ago. And um, I got acupuncture and went mm-hmm. on a two-week elk hunt and came home and never looked back. All right. Um, and even the guys on the elk hunt were dipping, but I was like, no, I'm, <laughs> no. you know, when I put my mind to something, I get really stubborn. That runs in my family. We're... We got big, That's a beautiful skulls. trait, you know, I think it can be, you know, learning how to manage that. But mm-hmm. I think it's such a benefit to have that drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, it can be a curse, too. Of you course. can be really annoying to be strengths. around when you're I mean, it takes the things that we've all done. You have mm-hmm. to be one of those type of people or else the the path of least resistance would be the route yeah. you would take. And yeah. people like us kind of seem to choose the most resistance. Um, I was listening to y'all. What's well, the most reward, right? Uh, right. Your um, your show with uh, Matt uh, Lernert. Mm-hmm. And uh, I identified with a lot of that stuff, the way y'all were talking about, you know, craving suffering and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's, yeah, that, that ties into a lot of things these days that people do to make themselves feel better is to create that contrast and to kind of shock your body's survival response reflexes and responses, you know, that's all competitive freediving is, is putting your body into that, you know, that flow state where you're able to conserve resources to survive being underwater for five mm-hmm. plus minutes, however long your dives are. Well, um, speaking of suffering, what's, what's the, what do you find the hardest part about being the full-time dad? Uh, so after we had our, uh, first son Atlas, um, I, he, he was, uh, he's always been a very, um, energetic, I don't like all the labels and stuff people put on kids, but just a very high engagement 
type of kids. So um, versus kids that are, you know, they say like easy babies or whatever. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we didn't know those existed until we had Sterling. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I pretty much stopped going into the ocean. I stopped taking interest in my business ventures. I had a, an apparel brand and was working for a magazine and I'd stopped traveling and I just couldn't stay focused for the editing. So I just called a stop to everything. And, um, you know, my domestic duties basically started when my wife and I got married, I've always cooked, but then when she was pregnant, um, and this is something that I feel like needs to be spoken about more is I took a very active role in her pregnancy, doing mm -hmm. my part as her partner. You know, I got a 50% stake in this mm -hmm. and learning about the different body work that would benefit her and making sure that we had all kinds of good nutrition around and just kind of acknowledging what she was going through and educating myself about it. And then we started educating ourselves on birth and realizing how much there was to learn and how much work we still had to do. And then um, Atlas was breached the entire term, uh, Frank breach. And we did every, uh, every non-invasive thing we could do to get him to flip and even held the He's got that, that stubborn gene. Held the angry doctors <laughs> at bay until 41 and a half weeks because they wanted to C-section sure. at, mm -hmm. at oh, um, yeah. 36 weeks. Ugh. And, you know, nobody ever wants to talk about birth, but I, I enjoy birth stories. And uh, so we even got the hospital to approve our, um, we had plan A mm -hmm. and then we had plan C for mm -hmm. a cesarean. Mm -hmm. And it was um, as as soft and gentle of a transition as it could have been for mm. Atlas, low lights and straight to mom's chest and, uh, didn't clean him up or anything. And I even swabbed him with some, uh, flora from the birth canal to make sure that he got his, uh, full dose, all mm. of his, uh, good biotic matter going for immunity and such. And so, um, you know, we started off with that challenge and then soon thereafter, there were some family challenges that we had. And, um, we weren't really understanding of what postpartum is at that time. And it took us until about five years, about a year, year and a half ago, until we realized that both of us started to spiral at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, we were kind of on, you know, when um, you like spin a top and it starts to kind of wobble mm -hmm. when it slows down, we were slowing down and wobbling. And um, we decided mm -hmm. to have uh, Sterling um, and, that was right when COVID started getting bad and, um, you know, not having the interaction with friends. We did a home birth. Mm -hmm. Again, it was a difficult thing. 42 and a half weeks before mm. she finally went into labor and then a 60 hour labor. Ooh. And, uh, but he came out happy Your boys and were bakers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just wanted to sit um, in there and bake. They're like, this is Poor, poor nice. thing. Golly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, through all of this, I had pretty much given up all of me. Mm. And I, well, one part of it, and this is deep dive, that's the name of the segment, mm -hmm. right? Uh, my biological father left my mom before I turned one. Mm. And I didn't have a father figure in my life until the guy that I called dad uh, married my mom when I was five. And he was awesome. Uh, adopted me, did everything a dad should do. They, they didn't make it super long, but then there was joint custody and there their love lives went in weird mm -hmm. twisted directions, but I was raised with love and I never felt like I had a void in my life by mm -hmm. any means of no excuses. Uh, but as I, you know, when you have a child, they ask about your genetic history. So I reunited with my biological father to learn about his side, which was interesting. It was a good journey. Um, wow. but I started unpacking some stuff that was in there that I didn't realize some dark areas from before I was five years old. Mm. And so between Meredith having, cause she breastfed Atlas till he was three. And then we got pregnant a couple months after she weaned. Mm. And then, so she didn't have a break from the hormones for mm -mm. so long. Um, and I was suffering because she was suffering and I didn't have any time to get out and do the things that I like to do. And I didn't realize it, but that was causing some serious mental health issues, uh, just unable to cope with simple stress. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I, what do you mean you didn't like the sandwich I made you for lunch? Oh, I'm trying my <gasps> best. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of women go through mm. with, uh, you know, when you're 100% focused or, you know, their job is, you know, maybe the dad 
is a full-time working and she's home alone, unseen. You, you, you don't have that contact like you would normally have out in the world. You're add at COVID. Home. Well, yeah, add COVID. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I'm curious about that. Like, so... It's my turn. Oh, go ahead. Because <laughs> I, I have a lot of things also right here. That's one of the things that I wanted to um, talk to you about is because I seriously have experienced that temporary situational depression mm-hmm. when it comes to children, mm-hmm. especially when you lose yourself mm-hmm. because there's no time for yourself. And people are like, oh, you got to make time. You got to, you know, you got to get them out and you get to do your thing. And I get that. It sounds good, but that's not when you take on the responsibility as like I know you did, Ryan, as a full time parent, which is how I did. I took it on, not, not part way. That happens. But as a mother, it's a little bit easier to, I think it would be easier as a female because there's other females that are doing the same thing. So like I found a Bible group where the girls would come during the day and the kids could play and stuff. But for a dad, I think it'd be a lot harder it was, to find it was your tribe. funny no because I was always like, air quotes, the dad at, you know, the story time at the yeah, library yeah, and all yeah. this. Mm-hmm. But the moms would talk to me like I was one of them and I'd come home and gossip with Meredith about like, oh, well, she said that she does this with, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And but she's like, how do they tell you this stuff? Like telling me birth stories and, and such. Because you're asking, that's why. Well, yeah. but I, I feel like it's just a mindset. Like you walk in with this aura of like, I'm in the trenches with you and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you look like. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not easy. But, um, you know, so when I started kind of realizing these things, I said, well, I'm going to try to be like the best dad I can be and swing for the fences and totally overdo it. And I realize now that the right way to do it is to maintain that balance. Like y'all were, have talked about in a lot of different, uh, contexts. Um, we're so informative, maintaining a piece of yourself and nurturing that piece of yourself is super important because then, you know, when, before we realized how down we were, we started losing friends. Yeah. To mental uh, health yeah. issues, suicides yeah. and overdoses. And um, when we lost Jeremy, that um, that hit me hard. You know, mm-hmm. he's the biggest, strongest guy anybody knew. And he's the only one that could take him down. And he did. Um, and I said, all right, something's got to change. Like this juggling act that we're doing, we're about to drop all these flaming chainsaws. And uh, that's when <laughs> um, we decided to basically press pause on everything um, two years ago. And um, Meredith took a hiatus from work. She works at PT by the Sea, which is like oh, yeah. the awesomest mm-hmm. PT, holistic PT clinic in town. Isn't there a, what's her name? That, yeah. Yeah. Teresa. 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 We yeah, had yeah, Teresa yeah. on. She's a big surfer. She's uh-huh. great. She uh, is. Great team there. Um, and they, you know, they've got Pilates reformers. Can I back you up studio. one second? Because I'm not sure if everybody got what the flaming chainsaws were. Is that just the. Oh, of life. Of the gravity of all the things. Trying to demonstrate the, the values that we want for our kids while trying to maintain a relationship, while trying to maintain this facade of everything's okay we're going to work we're you know we're Paying we're doing bills. our stuff and you know we're living this life we realize this is this what is this what we wanted is this where we're supposed to be and so we pressed pause on everything and um bought a 28 foot travel trailer and took a lap around the country for a year and said you know instead of trying to hide our problems in these different places let's put them all in a 250 square foot box and figure them out Put them in the pressure cooker. cooker. Well, yeah. that, but also part of, I think, like you said, hiding that things aren't perfect. But then when you go into a little trailer and you take off, you're still not in that kind of community atmosphere sure. that can well, This help. is still during COVID. Yeah, this okay, is, so you know, there, there was still was mask no mandates and all of that. Right. We had no, and our family hasn't been, there's a difference between help and support. Yeah. You can be supportive without kind of helping. And mm-hmm. we haven't had help with our kids really at all. Mm. Um, that so sucks. That does Because suck. my parents and in at times, Ren's also, his mother doesn't live here, but she's helped us too. They've been invaluable. Yeah. Be- it, it's just, it. I can't tell you how helpful it is to just be able to take the kids, give them to people that you know love them. They think they love them more than you do, mm-hmm. even though they don't, but they think they do. 
and and just feel safe and everything's yeah, okay. Until they start screaming. <laughs> And then they're like, here, you can have it back now. No, ours Um, are pretty good. No, but that's good. It's good to see that as a blessing. And for a Mm -hmm. while I had, I don't know what you would call it, like maybe a little bit of family envy or something because, you know, a bunch of people I know had great help. And I said, no, 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 that's, you know, what I've learned on this trip. You said, yeah, you're still carrying your problems with you. But by simplifying things down to food, water, shelter, Stripping and go it have all down. fun. Like yes. let's go have fun yes. every day. Yes. And it was so challenging. We had so many setbacks, but we made it through and we learned so much about ourselves. And I started doing some online therapy help. And, um, I mean, today it's like, Hey, it's all like, it's all within me. I've got the problems, but I've got the answers. I feel so like, strong and capable just because we've gone and done this and reset everything and realized what matters in life and what doesn't. And what matters is how you feel when you go to sleep and how you feel when you wake up. And if one of those doesn't feel right, then you got to make an adjustment because life's too short. We only get one, one lap down here. Who knows what happens before or after I've started doing some breath work that's taken me into some really interesting places. Y'all have heard of Wim Hof, I'm sure. Oh but, yeah. Uh, Always with the Wim Hof. It's, uh, <laughs> Every well, actually class. I feel like you're very familiar with. But if you've with, never practiced it, it's really yeah. cool. Um, you know, when he's talking about simplifying and stripping everything down, when y'all go out in the boat, that's kind of, I mean, I hear you sometimes when she talks about it. Um, she, it's so like, I'm looking forward to peeling back all the unnecessary things mm-hmm. and going into this stripped down version of life where you can focus easier, maybe on each other and on only you know, well, what matters. You I strip mean, back gotta- all the things that don't really matter. And when I say don't really matter, I mean, of course you have to pay bills to maintain a home and all those things. Mm-hmm. But even then from like a biblical perspective, those things don't really matter. You mm-hmm. have to provide for your family, mm-hmm. but all the things with the headphones and the the podcast equipment and mm-hmm. your friends and the engagements and let's meet for drinks. And it's just, it's your mind will start just spinning with, all, you know, the weight yeah. of all of the responsibilities. And when you leave, those don't exist anymore. Because they know not to call. <laughs> they, they can't. <laughs> That's right. Y'all have your escape floating right there behind the house. When y'all, yeah. how long after Ani was born, did y'all take your first big Three months. voyage? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we waited till after Christmas it's, it's and It's bold. And it's your relationship with your kids. It's evident how much y'all have done together and you do together. And, you know, if nothing else, having that relationship with them and getting to know them on that deeper level, not like, how do I get him to be quiet? How do I get him to brush his teeth? How do I get him to do that? It's like you learn their personalities and what they're, you know, what they like and how to interact. And it's just, uh, it's magic. And now, you know, we, when we came home from our trip, we knew the same stressors were going to be there. We weren't expecting Mm -hmm. anything in the world to change. Um, we were, we came home hoping, that we had changed and we took a dip, you know, it took a while readjusting because now COVID's mm. over and it's back to like 90 miles an hour on yeah, the interstate. And, uh, it took a while to get up to speed, but we still take breaks to get out of the fast lane and go down that old dirt country road and just stop everything and don't feel like we have to do a lot. We'll just take breaks. And I bet it, you know, and you were mentioning, um, women talking to you at the library and young moms or, and I bet any moms listening to this podcast, they're going to be a little tickled, you know, that that someone besides another mom or another female, like that a male would get to feel how the ba- feel hard the it can be <laughs> to be the parent and mm-hmm. to be the full-time parent while the other person's at work or out in the world socializing, doing stuff where... You know, you're doing, you're being unseen for most of your hard work. Oh, yeah. And and I just think I can see why they would confide in you and even, you know, make connection as I think many women, it would just be nice to hear that, oh, I get it now, how hard it is. And even even amongst that circle, People want to make it look like they've got it all under control. Mm. They're afraid to show weakness. 
And well, you can't go in there just a blubbering <laughs> puddle of like. Well, sure. You know, barely you're stapling yourself together. To Call together the SS. To you you got to <laughs> rise to the occasion, also. But it's true. You, yeah. There's a, f- a facade. You want you, you want people to think that you're doing all the things. Well, all I can say is, do not look at Pinterest. If you want to feel better about yourself, forget Pinterest. Because once you go down that parenting Pinterest. Uh, you know, and you see the pictures, the woman's drawing on her kid's bag for lunch every day. And then the, this and the, that, because like you, uh, you're a, you're a high performer. Okay. And that's why I invited you here. It's not because you're a dad. I'm married to a dad. It's because you're a high performing father, like Hmm. just claws dug in. Yeah. And you can see why, right? Yeah. It's like next level. Um, but I too will put undue pressure on myself because I see the bars here, you know, sure. and I don't want to be waiting in the little end when You're there's a deep the, end. We you want to set in. the new bar. <laughs> right. Sure. But it sucks to apply that to every aspect of yeah. your life. And right. And that's the thing is trying to, trying to hit the highest mark at everything mm-hmm. when you don't even know where that mark is. You don't. And, and it's not going to be achievable. You're never going to be better than the next person. But you are, I joke about this with Kelly White, one of my best friends, that that he and I get to be like 80% proficiency at about everything that we do, which is a lot of different, weird, crazy, dangerous Red stuff. Chapman has that. Yeah. And, uh, and then we're like, cool, got this. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, we're not trying yeah. to like yeah. win some award. We just want to have cool, new, different, fun that no one else is doing yet. So, so who you, knows what he'll come up with next? No, that guy, <laughs> I, I would love to talk to him, but he's like, I don't like to talk about myself. It's not well, talking about yourself, like Kelly. Talk <laughs> yeah. But if he gives you a hard time, it means he likes you. So tell everyone out there that's ever hung out with him. That's right. That's <laughs> All the mean things Kelly says to you, they're really just little darts of love. <laughs> and like a dart, um, it stings. But so it's, you know, this, this whole thing that we're all trying to do is enjoy whatever it is life is, and it's not perfect. And as soon as you can become really brutally honest with yourself and acknowledge and just observe, that's one of the most difficult things I've learned is to not judge myself for not, for coming up short on something mm-hmm. to say, Hey, that's how it happened. There's probably a reason behind it. You know, so many things that haven't gone my way have led me to the next thing mm-hmm. that maybe did, maybe didn't, but you know, here we all are sitting here talking about it. Well, I don't know that um, you know for kids and their their mental health and their development is dependent on your perfection, and I think more often not. than not, it's dependent on your ability to be a little transparent with mom blew it, dad blew it. And this is what I'm doing now because I realize this is a better way or I need to apologize because mm-hmm. I lost my cool and, and that's not how to handle it. And I think next time I'm going to, I'd like to try and do this. And and so I, I feel like kids learn so much more from that perspective than to have the facade of having it all together and never recognizing the deficits because they're going to have deficits. You know what else I've learned? That's a great point. Instead of telling a kid how to be, showing them how to be in your weakness is so powerful. Yeah. I, I, but, uh, I one Some of the times that I find I feel like I connect with my kids are times that I've made mistakes. I've said something that wasn't nice or something, and I just look at them and I say, guys, I'm I'm really sorry. I I made a mistake, and almost like a light bulb goes off in the children. <gasps> it's crazy. It's yeah, really yeah. interesting. Little Parents things. have big feelings too. Yeah. <laughs> Little things like Ani, you look fat. Cape, you'll never amount to anything. Just, <laughs> when he good. says those things, he's no. quick to apologize. <laughs> but I was gonna say one thing that you and I have learned that the kids have taught us because we have a disease where. For the time, we've been together 17 years now or 18 years, something's just crazy like that. And in that time together, we're just busy, busy. Let's do this. What are we doing tonight? Who's going to be? It's just always something. And the kids have taught us that that is not better. 
They are happiest, not when we're taking them to their whatever after school, but when we're just in the yard. Mm-hmm. When they come home and there is nothing else to do except kick the ball around in the yard. Let's ch- let's move to football. Let's do that. Amen. Uh, that's what they want to do. That's what I- it. It took me until Sterling was born to realize that. Yeah. I was I was trying to entertain Atlas every day. We have done yeah. every single thing in yeah. Wilmington four times. Entertainment is and evil. So yep. Sterling, we're raising like we lived in a cabin in the woods. Like yeah. he's rarely around other kids. He's only two and a half, but it is like we are perfectly content at home playing with the same thing in a different way. Mm-hmm. or having conversations and the way you were saying being open and honest and demonstrating i mean that's what we have to do or else they're going to grow up thinking they have to be perfect like mm-hmm. mom and dad mm-hmm. seem to be and at what age do you mm-hmm. start that well i say before they're born talk to them in the tummy because we know they can hear mm-hmm. and start that conversation early and speak Daddy's to them sorry. like they're whole- <laughs> a real screw up yeah Mommy's uh, not fat. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're fully formed little people. And, you know, if you respect their feelings and their experience of what they're going through, you know, a little empathy, it's like, wow, this must be kind of crazy for you too. Mm-hmm. So you do that and then you realize, hey, we're all in this together. Let's not do it perfect. Let's just get it done. We need water, snack, a diaper and a toy and we're gone. You no, know? I'm with you. With Ani, we did all the things. I mean, the bag with all the contingencies and the whatever, whatever, all the Wilmington, I could do it, you know, two or three times, the railroad museum, all the stuff. And Cape is, it's different. We do things, but we don't have to do things. Well, cool, that was great. Yeah. Why don't we dive? Yeah. Uh, wait, we already dove deeper, so now d- oh, what wait, do we? Let d- me oh, see. we're drifting. Do we have any more n- uh, to Godwaters? No, no. It's time to drift. Okay. Everything's good so far, Ryan. Oh, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I haven't. I don't get to talk to grownups very often. So well, Ashley has I, picked uh, out a. I'm appreciating um, this. A scripture we like to pick out. A, there's some beeping, Ryan. I don't know if you hear it, but. Um, you'll have to edit it out you, later. Okay. Oh, you that's our dishwasher. You oh, your dishwasher. You won't hear it in the... Okay. If I can't hear it, you can't hear it. Okay. So um, we usually pick out a scripture. Ashley picked out Proverbs 22, verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Well, I like... Because we don't usually... Proverbs, I feel it'd be easy to do a Devo on Proverbs every time because there's always these little nuggets and this mm-hmm. and that. But we never do it. We never do a proverb. So I picked a proverb. That is distracting. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like it. Start children. It's simple. You just start them off on the way they should go. That's your only job. Mm-hmm. And I Point feel like that's what, you, what we just said is by demonstrating. Yeah. Be, mm-hmm. be who you want them to be. Yes. Which is hard because we're grownups and we got bad habits and preconceptions of the world and all of these things that could turn us very cynical on something. And when you look at a child as this beautiful, perfect ball of clay, and then the world just starts chipping away at it until we're we're old little old chipped away at rocks that are cynical about everything and it's that's gonna happen but we have to at least provide them with like how to you know make lemonades out of lemons well then i i think that comes into play too with i think we might have talked about it on the last podcast episode but how important it is and you mentioned this as well doing those things that you enjoy that bring you joy I, i feel like it's a disservice to kids to make the entire universe about them. And that's really not teaching them a great lesson. And them being able to see adults having interesting lives and being Mm -hmm. fulfilled outside of the home as well in career or whatever it is, because then you give... Like, then they can imagine, you know, if, if all you do is come in the door and complain about your job... And how hard life is as an adult, and this is no, you know, uh, 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 then why would they want to mature and and grow into adults? It'd be scary. Exactly. I would want to just... You know, what you just said, I, I, okay, so we were going out for a run today. Normally Mm -hmm. I do it by myself, 
But today I had a doctor's appointment, so I was going to go a little later. Cape and Ren were here. I said, y'all ride the bike with me because yeah. Cape loves the bike. <laughs> I mean, he just, he, it's great. So anyway, Cape's giving us a real hard time about putting his jacket on. Mm. It's 40 degrees out. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's okay in the sun, but on the bike, and when we turn the corner and the wind, I'm like, I know more. Just put your freaking jacket on. He wouldn't do it. And so I started running. We, we finally got it on, long story short, whatever. And, and he was hanging out with my dad. But when I started running in my mind, this is what I was going to say to Cape. You know, Cape, I was going to be sarcastic because they both speak sarcasm fluently at this point. <laughs> I was going to say, even though you're the sun and the world revolves around you, the earth still has to spin or else everybody dies. That was it. I was the earth. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, had to keep, I had to keep running. We're not going to applaud this, Ash. <laughs> I thought it was kind of, I didn't say it to him, but I just think <laughs> right. that's the perfect that's speech the, for him. It's yes, important yes. to acknowledge your own feelings about the situation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah. You're allowed to feel that way because Thank they you. don't want to put their coat on. They don't want to zip it up. And I say, it doesn't work if it's not zipped up. <laughs> that, right. It doesn't work. Oh, but so, anyway, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's, um, it's that scripture is interesting though, because I think some could read it as, uh, you know, if you want your kid to be a surfer, make sure you take them surfing and that kind of thing. Ooh, and it's, it's more about their character. Short-sighted. I yeah. believe. <laughs> and oh, yeah. It says start them off on the way they should go. Not right. on the wave. You will right. have them. <laughs> yeah. On the wave. Right. Right. But it's, you know, not pushing your own agenda on them, allowing them to choose if they would like to, you know, take swim lessons, which, you know, another, we've got so many connections. We've been on looking for great whites together. We've taught Atlas and, and Meredith and I more, taught more Atlas. so taught us how to, uh, Teach how, how to get started in the, mm-hmm. in the pool. We've and now, now he's a fish. And, but my biggest fear was that he was going to be afraid of the water. And I was afraid mm-hmm. to sign him up for swim classes where they're just going to toss him in and tell him to figure out how to float. And mm-hmm. which that might work for some yeah, people. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it yeah. does. But what if he said, dad, I don't like the water. I'd be like, okay, well, <laughs> Never. You, you still like the woods, right? Kids, kids <laughs> Can we go in the all love the water. Kids yeah. all love the Absolutely. water. Absolutely. He can overdo it. And, uh, and my kids love the woods too. So that's, that's where I spend a lot of my time these days when, uh, when I'm free. And that's, you know, I heard someone say the other day, there's no right angles in nature. And it's important to get kids away from the world of right angles so that their, you know, their framework and their brain will, will see the world as imperfect, as, yeah. as creative, as free flowing. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you instill in your kids by example, your values, I feel like that's what it's talking about mm-hmm. anyway, but you know, you as y'all, your family values and sees the value in, in doing more than watching TV and playing video games. But, you know, you're instilling in your kids how to offer forgiveness, how to apologize, how to take responsibility, how to... Um, Some things are difficult. Reach out to someone else and help someone. So, I mean, all those things are the things that in this bud form because they're maybe haven't blossomed yet Mm -hmm. but you're putting all the nutrients in there so this this bud can not just bloom but flourish later Mm -hmm. in life so all those things talking about sex again now (laughs) well we could (laughs) wait till you're married (laughs) well no you're absolutely right that is uh isn't that what we all want for our kids is mm-hmm. to flourish and blossom in, in the way they see fit and maybe leave the world a little better than they found it and not put too much on their own shoulders, but, uh, you know, hopefully be doing the right thing and making good choices because of maybe a good foundation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I think so easily it's hard it's easy to kind of if right and wrong isn't black and white to some degree then everything's gray and there's no um 
what is it that you hold on to to keep you know that keeps you on the like a on the path like a, a like guidepost a, a guidepost yeah yeah that's it yeah they use the word boundaries a lot where yeah. talking about and you don't set the boundary right on the cliff edge mm -mm. right the boundaries no. in little buffer because you want to be able to hit the boundary and still live so hit the boundary oh, okay let me correct correct you know you don't because the boundary may fail well, sometimes as parents too, we don't know where the boundaries are yet. So Ren and I find ourselves having to throw the car in reverse while it's still in drive. Like, oh, yeah. I wasn't saying up. that we're good at boundaries. I'm yeah. not saying that at all. We uh, we're very flexible when it comes to things, and our our, our rules evolve all the time as mm -hmm. the kids get mm -hmm. older. And what wasn't okay a month ago might be. But when it comes to right and wrong, I mean, Atlas will first thing he'll tell me when he gets off the bus is, "I heard a new bad word." And he'll tell it to me. Tell me I'll, I'll tell him a little bit about it and he'll say, okay, I'll make sure I'll never say that one again. And then no. we'll come up with some other substitute for it. So, um, Kate, Kate had, came to me the other day. She, he said, um, my friend at school said a bad word. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, you want to tell me what it is? He's like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, what, what does it start with? He said, it starts with a D. And I'm like, okay. Tell Dog? Me. No, he goes, and I said, and I said, damn? He says, no. Dumb. He said, and I said, dumb? He said, no. And I said, doo doo. And no, and then he, and I said, just tell me. And he said, he said, stupid. <gasps> <laughs> that is the note we are ending on. Thank you, podcast listeners, for your That's time. Cute. Yes, that is beautiful. Uh, we love you. Leave a review. Thank you for listening and see you next time. See you next time.